godless sodomites. Total of like seven muffins in the last 24 hours. You've been in the muffins lately? Yeah, we got like, you know, like those Otis, Otis Spunkmeyer muffins. Yeah, the like Spunkmeyer muffins. You get a big tray of them. There's like yep. 20 of them. And yeah, okay. They were on the counter, and I haven't really, I, I don't, I'm not great with making myself meals. <laughs> <laughs> so I just walk by and just keep grabbing them, and Danielle packed me two in a lunch that she made for me. I just ate another one, so I'm, I've eaten so many fucking muffins. <laughs> I'm literally 20% muffin right now. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm pretty right. sure that I'm going to be murdered by the muffin man. <laughs> the muffin man. Muffin man. The muffin man. All right. Uh, welcome to the Excommunication Station. I am your host, Chaz. I'm joined by just Donovan today because Chrissy is on Christmas vacation. Donovan, how are you? Just off of your work shifts, I'm sorry. Well, you know, this this podcast is a blasting. How are you, sir? All right. uh, I'm alright. I'm uh, just woke up. Uh, I feel bad for saying that because you haven't gone to sleep yet. But uh... yeah, you should feel bad. How dare you? <laughs> how dare I sleep? Oh, but yeah. Other than that, I'm pretty good. Uh, just waiting for the new year. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah, happy new year to everyone everyone if you hear this on the day it comes out so happy new year yeah want... we are up we are up and at them we have so much energy today yeah I, if since this is the new year one i'm gonna be the first to say i'm not gonna give anybody shit that says new year new me because i think a lot of us need to do that this year <laughs> especially yeah, me yeah, yeah. i'll take i'll take <laughs> the hit <laughs> all right well with that let's ask for forgiveness yeah <laughs> Reach out, touch face. Dear, sweet, newly born, maybe in the ICU because you've been hanging out with a bunch of little animals. Oh, man. Breathing in all their shit uh, in the manger, baby. Yeah, real. Jesus. Um, I'd like to ask for forgiveness for just devouring way, way, way too much of this bag of blue sour blue raspberry pez that i got for christmas <laughs> because it has turned my poop this blue color that i didn't think that could come out of your body so <laughs> i'm pretty sure my intestinal lining is just all like if they like if i went for a colonoscopy today they would rush me into the into the you know the er or the or or whatever and oh my god how Something's many, wrong. How many Smurfs are in your digestive tract? He's That's like a, it looks like, like he's like a real life Gargamel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. That's uh, nasty. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry for gross anybody out. So, but. Yeah, that's what happens when you eat too many of those uh, sour blue raspberry pez, which I found in California when we were out there, and I was like going to town on them, but like not this much. <laughs> <laughs> at least i could control myself when we were in california yeah, you yeah. brought my, them home yeah <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help i have to yell don't look at me when even when nobody's in the room right oh, i'm shoving them in the mouth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while you're while you're pooping you're eating them yeah yeah just going in and out so see those donovan are, what, 
those are the uh the episodes of Bill Nye I wanted as a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what well, changes my poop color? <laughs> it happened once when I ate that uh Whopper from Burger King, the yeah. one that, the black one. Oh, the black one? Yeah, that was like um for one of the Star Wars movies. It's probably like the it Darth Maul the... burger. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was after that. It was this was this was like uh um uh Kylo Ren. It was like a Kylo Ren burger. So the patty was all black and the bur you know, so I got it anyway. And like two days later, like I thought I had to go to the hospital because I've never seen that shade before <laughs> in my life. It was scary. So there was just a note in the in your poop about father trauma. <laughs> I know what I have Don, to do, what but do you I don't have? think I'm strong enough. Oh, I... <laughs> uh, oh, dear Lord, please forgive me, Papa Bear. Oh, God, this one was embarrassing. Please forgive me for trying to open up to my new fellow employees and walk up to the other new guys that was in orientation with and made that fatal error of, oh, we started at the same time. We might be buds. And when I asked a question, he looked at me and goes, I don't know. And I was like, all right, then <laughs> I walked away. <laughs> I was like, lesson learned. What was the question? It was like, what's your favorite TV show? I was so stupid. It was like me and two other new dudes. And the guy, uh, one of our trainees walked up to it. Our trainers walked up to us and they're like, okay, you guys are going to be picking today. And he walked away and I'm like, on our own. And then the other guy was like, I don't know. <laughs> It's like I was I, I wasn't really asking yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. You're just looking for some sort of like uh like not sympathy, but like just I don't like know, camaraderie yeah, in, right. in this whole thing. Like like you're like by ourselves? No, like, you're confused too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of biting my he's fucking like, he, Well, he kind of said that with I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. It was just very aggressive. Or maybe it's just my mental yeah. illness. It could be that. <laughs> well, just change the tone of the I don't know. And it like comes in different ways, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Like, and then like, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> right. And, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of, I definitely kind of took it like Kevin talking to Buzz. Yeah, I got. I you. would let you sleep in my room yeah. if you were growing yeah, on, my on my ass. <laughs> so yeah, forgive me for possibly misinterpreting that social cue, <laughs> or <laughs> so, reaching out for friendship. Yeah, right. Both are new for me, so why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy for you reaching out, and I'm sorry for the for the rejection. Happens every day at work, but I just kind of interpreted that as other people. Being, not being themselves and me being weird so <laughs> oh yes and same so, same yeah so all right well let's get started uh so let's bow our heads hold the hand of the person next to you and let's pray and if you're in your car let jesus take the wheel or let him be boy your i'm tired hey let him be your passenger princess today yeah yeah Just let him pick the radio over. station yeah, yeah, and put your hand on his thigh for once. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you can get let your pinky go a little further up on the thigh for once. And just yeah. really really enjoy yeah. your time with him. <laughs> yeah, and not the whole lay your head in my lap trick. Yeah, right. That, that, oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, you sit you down there. We all know he's got one perfectly good hole that he's not using right there on his left hand. 
Just like the pool in the water of Bethesda. It couldn't say, look what a great water I am. Or when the angel went off of the water, it was just water. Is that right? That's right. Now, I'm just your brother by the grace of God. But when the angel of the Lord moves down, it becomes then a voice of God to you. Maybe if I offended you by saying that, forgive me. But I felt that might have been resented. But I am God's voice to you. See, I say that again. Uh, that time was under inspiration. See, and I, I felt bad about the first time, but it repeated it. Now, see, I can say nothing in myself, but what He shows me, I say it. You believe it, and watch what happens. I feel. Last time we left off William Bradham, uh, he was with Gordon Lindsay, and Gordon Lindsay helped him establish his magazine and his healing ministry uh, under Voice of Healing. And Gordon Lindsay organized a trip for Branham to Canada. I don't know why that autocorrected to Fangia, uh, but uh, mid. <laughs> Fanaga. <laughs> uh from mid to uh mid June to July uh to oh sorry let me start that over uh snarf uh he, he organized a trip for Branham to Canada from uh mid July to the end of August 1947 Branham held revivals in Manitoba Saskatoon Edmonton and Calgary too bad he could this get is it for for the you know Maine cuz it's like fall one. yeah Sorry. yeah yeah i'm tired yeah, i don't know it's okay it's all right we'll i was trying to make a it. joke about boston or something <laughs> my brain's connecting the dots that aren't yeah, there yeah yeah too much of a pussy to go to toronto eh yeah right there you go we're getting there <laughs> come get some milk in a bag eh some maple syrup oh god hey maybe we can do something really gross and put our gravy on our fries just kidding Ooh. it's so fucking good yo that's so fucking good oh my god Poutine, oh my god oh. oh my god that's what that's what steven seagal was singing about he was like give me the poutine so <laughs> mm, uh, some cheese curds on yeah, top hell yeah oh my god he's had way too many uh this is where if you guys remember from last episode or if you've heard it before the latter rain started this belief is nothing new, but it's expanded off the Pentecostal ideas that God would send his latter rain, which is taken from the book of Joel and some other verses in the Bible, but mainly Joel. Uh, they, these Pentecostals believe that this is where the Holy Spirit's gifts of the Spirit would uh, would be sent upon them and uh, would be, quote, the latter rain in the end days. This belief is that the latter rain was in in the idea of not just gifts of the spirit, but in also people. This okay. did coincide with the birth of Israel as a nation. So the beliefs of this mixed with uh -huh. British Israelism, because 
an issue uh, and ha it has become an issue um, and it has been really bad. Mm. Uh, the church has replaced Israel in this scenario. And just like Israel was given prophets and now so was the modern church. Yeah, I so just, it, can you really yeah. quick? Uh, so why is it called latter rain? Like what's the terminology of that for? So there was a former rain. So the way they it's explained in rain it, is in like rain, like the like the like a king the rain. rain? From, uh, no, no rain. Like like the Lord is going to send His rain on the earth. It's okay. a it's it's like a analogy or whatever. But um, so what you have is Israel on the downslope, and okay. the Lord sending His His former rain, and He would send the gifts. Of, you know what healing and whatnot that these uh, prophets had, like uh, Elijah and Ezekiel and everything. Oh, okay. and now towards the end days when Christ, that's when Christ was coming, and now Christ is going to return. So it's kind of the opposite, and it's going up where He's giving all these gifts of the Spirit, but also giving us the prophets like he did back in the bible days okay so it's it's like almost like a v or like a valley and then the rest of history is between there <laughs> oh my god all, all i'm seeing is alec baldwin and prophet sales <laughs> we gotta it's keep really, the building <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's really fucking stupid but it's uh so yeah so during the last days god will send his his overwhelming power of spirit and he will send prophets rain, to us. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quote from Branham. All these churches have come up during this time, but we've never had exactly a, a promise and a, a latter rain as we were prop prophesied to have. In the last days, there would be a latter rain, and the former and latter rain would be together. Now the first rain was in the east, the latter rain is in the west, and in the latter rain, both former and latter rain will be together. Fuck, I'm confusing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Holy it's, fuck. um, we're going to get into it a little bit more, how, how deep this goes, uh, but basically, everything from before is getting returned uh, for, for an anticipation for Christ's return. Um, so he was just saying this was just this 100 percent was, uh, you know, like how mega churches do like fucking theme nights and shit. Mm -hmm. This was his prince. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Came on his giant wig and his long ass red um, purple yeah. coat. Yeah. Yeah. Dancing around the stage. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he had like this a pocket. Is the afterlife. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. <laughs> All the kids in the audience uh, uh, are like, I know this one. <laughs> this is a bop. Uh, no cap. A few months <laughs> a few months before Bradham showed up, uh a, the Christian college students, uh, if you guys remember from last episode, George Houghton, uh, he was leading a um an orphanage, but also had a college, uh, started fasting and kickstarted a revival when Branham came to town and did his healing services and almost became a perfect storm. The Holy Spirit came all over everyone and imparted on them some new ideologies of how the church should be run. Oh, here. Oh, take that. Mm, you got the knowledge. <laughs> oh, oh, watch your eye. <laughs> uh, it's called, quote, the fivefold ministry. 
Now, some of these are normal. The church should have a pastor, a teacher, maybe an evangelist. And here is where things get really, really, really fucked up. An apostle, and lastly, a prophet. How do they How do they choose those? Does he have an election? He's just like, mm, I think he's the most holy. <laughs> let, let me, let me, you, you tell me how you think they choose these. So they do it a king of king of the hill style. <laughs> <laughs> the toughest guy goes stands at the top of the hill in the back of the church, and then everyone just tries to get up there. Get the fuck down, David. <laughs> all all it really takes is one person to say that I'm this, and then for another higher up person to basically just bless them. them. Right. Yeah, and then then they're pretty much considered X, Y, or Z. So, um. We we know the we know these three roles. The first three, uh, they've been part of our church since the beginning. We all know our Sunday school teachers and teachers in college and whatnot, and our pastors. And we know the traveling evangelist. Once we get into apostles and prophet ideas, this is this becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. The normal the normal church structure is there's a pastor, elders, and deacons, which generally forms the board of the church. This might include senior congregants too. Yeah. It gets more structured if they if they're part of a denomination and have a central power structure. Oh man, I the old people that are just just in in it because they've been there for so long so they're just oh, yeah, yeah. to shit. They're my oh, We had a couple of those. We had a they're, couple of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There's all there's there's like there, there's two versions. There's ones that are really sweet and nice about it and then there's the ones that are just like get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's sweet and nice ones? Yeah, Miss Helen and Mr. Harry, man, they were so nice to me. They were so sweet. Miss Helen was like that kind Your of face. nice. Yeah, <laughs> probably when we looked like those poor, dirty kids. <laughs> they were like from the nice side of Baltimore. <laughs> There's a nice side of Baltimore? Yeah, you got to find it. It's really hard. It's like uh, a speakeasy. <laughs> special passwords to get in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so, right. <laughs> so in this structure, the pa the pastor answers to the board or maybe to higher ups if they're part of a denomination. Now we all know this gets abused all the time, but it's supposed to be a check and a balance. Yeah. In the fivefold ministry, there's basically none of that. Pastors, teachers, and evangelists are all down on the bottom of the hierarchy, and they won't necessarily say that out loud, though. Right. Prophets and apostles are the real leaders and this is obtained by well basically saying so it just sounds like the beginnings of a cult <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about there's no cults in this episode okay um, cool yeah oh god this leads to extremely toxic and author authoritarian churches but also issues in a level of elitism especially among the congregants where quote-unquote sheep is a derogatory term because that is where the pastor is situated with the normies. <laughs> the, the NAR or new apostolic reformation talks to their followers in terms like NAR leader Dutch Schultz uses as quote unquote Eagles. Oh, the guy that made the songs that make that is that the guy that made peanuts? No. <laughs> <laughs> Snoopy is all about uh, fucking. You know, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I tell you, big ass. Uh, oh, if, <laughs> if you are part of the congregation, you are going to be blessed with these gifts, set apart and anointed above not just sinners, but dead denomina denominationalism of the evangelical church. 
so if if you if you watch these sermons, if you watch like Kenneth Copeland, I, I know I always said could say Kenneth Copeland just because that's what everybody knows, or Benny Hinn or or uh right. even this guy Dutch Schultz, or you know, just who's along TBN or BET late at night. Um, you're gonna see these ministers talk to their congregation like they're literally jacking them off and like building yeah. up their heads that like they're set apart you know not just from normal people but like from other christians right um so it's a really big ego stroke um yeah uh that that, the one, five... that one guy the one that was talking that always talks about like his house is like the biggest house in now in georgia or yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. he's a house. prosperity gospel yeah, yeah, yeah prosperity yeah. gospel just watch just watch it's like yeah. 325 thousand dollars I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's basically going, y'all yeah. bought this for me. Y'all bought this yep. for me. <laughs> yep. Well, and next series, we're going to do Oral Roberts and how this all gets mixed in with him, too. Um, I paid but, off for uh, this with, with money from my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the fivefold ministry led to an idea taken from Branham's own message in, in Canada, uh, which Branham would use to form his cult. And this is called the Manifest Sons of God. So lame. Like, it just makes me think of, like, a, a bill of lading. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, hey, God, here's your invoice. <laughs> this is an extremely dangerous theology as well. Uh, and we'll get into some of the consequences later. But God would manifest himself in certain humans and that these humans would have even more supernatural powers, which would be the same as Christ like levitation and teleportation um oh, and to... <laughs> and that would be used to take power from the government to establish a christian nation for christ to return oh, cool. and this is what we call uh dominionism uh and a spiritual movement called quote unquote joel's army super cool name yeah, so uh, I believe there's a person in Florida running by this. Uh, this is kind of a more or less like a dead thing, but some people are reviving it. Um, but uh, like the belief to like what? running off of that. Yeah, so the oh, so the, the, this was like a term in like the 40s and 50s, like in Canada and some of the uh, more uh, Pentecostal latter rain people. Mm -hmm. um, but it kind of sort of died out. Now it's kind of almost back, of course, because we're living in the age of Christian nationalism. Um, and they've got to be part of the Lord's army somehow. Um, and this is a special sect. Uh, of course they are. <laughs> All of them are special sects. We got a LARP! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Oh, man. that Yeah, that's put set in the good... Yeah, that sums that up. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, the belief in dominionism and the seven mountains of influence in the belief that the church is just uh, take over. They're supposed to take over the set and seven mountains of society. We talked about this before in our Christian nationalism series. Mm -hmm. uh, so the world will be set up for Jesus's return. So these people would be empowered with certain gifts equal to or more expansive than those of even Jesus Christ and be able to save the saved from the oncoming apocalypse. I love I love that uh, we're supposed to get uh you know the government ready for Jesus because I'm sure that's one of the first <laughs> things when as soon as he ascends from heaven he's gonna be like or descends from heaven he's gonna be like hey everybody so how's the how's the White House looking <laughs> how's the cabinet set up 
<laughs> Joe Byron, I'll be back in about 10 years. Oh, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> uh, when all these beliefs, the manifest son of God, the latter reign, and the fivefold ministry, along with dominionism, uh, which Branham did hint at, uh, all come together to establish the base of the belief structure of the NRA. As we all know, Al that Jesus wants to be president. <laughs> Al Jazeera calls this movement, quote, the American Taliban. Uh, this this movement includes, like I said before, Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland, but so, so, so many more as they believe that they are prophets sent by God to lead and all the power of the church uh, is bestowed upon them right into the end times. We will talk about this movement in an upcoming episode. So I want to dive more into this um, See, those, and how it basically started with faith healing. Yeah. Th those guys interest the shit out of me because to me, it, it like, I always wonder if they still believe or if they're just fully into the grift now. You know what I mean? Especially Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland oh, he's, to me. That's, that's a grift. Kenneth Copeland is one of the, like, I, I fucking, did you see he was in a, he's in a movie that came out? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. And he plays like a, like a tough guy, like. You, we, we can't we, we gotta stop this bullshit <laughs> hey don't you ever say i did yeah that's exactly how it is there's a part where he's like sitting with a guy and a fucking uh eric roberts is in it mm. <laughs> he's sitting he's across beautiful. the table from eric Bro roberts and he's holding a stack of paper and he's like you don't know what you got to do <laughs> that's all serious good lord gotta, oh, i can't wait till we talk about him oh man um so much uh he's like, well, a, he's like a negative leprechaun yeah, he's come up a number of times, and and I kind of understand where he got all this from in the Oral Roberts series. Okay. Um. So he was basically under his wing from the get go. Oh uh, shit! Really? So, yeah. So we will. Yeah, I was like that... Robin to his Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your dick. Wait, wait. You be my Oral. Or I'll be your dick. <laughs> dick Grayson. I'm talking about Dick Grayson. <laughs> uh, getting back to Branham while holding services at this orphanage Branham started to tell people that they could move things with their mind <laughs> is, is this Xavier's school for the gifted? <laughs> most of these recordings have been edited or gone missing but one of the, <laughs> one from Branham's historical uh, uh, website is from a recording in 1947 quote <laughs> and I said now if you believe with all your heart and you prove to me now that you've got faith now you look right and directly at that bracelet and it's hanging there in midair and you make that bracelet swing around and around in the room like, it, like you're playing a game of tetherball by yourself. <laughs> then you make it swing back and forth in the room, back and forth, and then stop it. And I believe you have faith. She said, oh, Brother Branham. She, she, she said, my, why ask me something like that? I said, shut your mouth, girl. I wanted to see if you had faith. <laughs> I said, Jesus said all things are possible if you believe. Now, then, of course, fastening my eyes to that bracelet, which you can yourself, if you won't doubt in your heart, and it started moving around, and then it and then it moved back and forth, around, crosswaist, and stopped. 
She said, Brother Branham, she said, that's spiritualism. And I said, I, I thought maybe you'd say something like that. But look, it's right here. I got this fishing line. It's very simple to do. I can trick a lot of people. Fucking wild shit. <laughs> Why? I like I'm trying to imagine myself as a kid going to church in a in a pastor telling me that like and he's not a pastor but like going no, to you know in a pastor telling you you can fucking move something with your mind I'd be like the force <laughs> right <laughs> it's so funny listening to this because I know I know for a fact my father would get so mad and be like bullshit <laughs> we're <laughs> secretly, leaving <laughs> secretly he's sitting in the corner trying to move shit. Right. Oh, yeah. I told you how he was with the Matrix. <laughs> We're all the spoon. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, when Branham left this orphanage, he traveled to another Canadian town. A few uh, and a few people followed him, including George Houghton and about 70 children from the orphanage. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. They all uh, followed him to the next town. Do they have a choice? Probably not, but we'll not get into that. <laughs> I'm just imagining the fucking the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> Get in the cage, children. Uh, the, all these people were claiming the healing power of Branham and uh, and his spiritual uh, gifts and uh, the power that he brings. Uh, this also helped build the revival that was only a few weeks away and will become known as the Latter Rain Movement. Once Branham left Canada, journalists went back to his healings and found that a good number of those who claimed to be healed from fatal illnesses had died. Ooh. Ooh. But he left town, so it didn't really stick. You know, breadcrumbs. Jesus is breadcrumbs. Yeah. You can yeah. follow the corpses and come to my next services. <laughs> Um, again, Canadian revivals resulted in the latter rain movement, which had to be denounced by the Pentecostal denominations like the AOG um, for organizational reasons, but also leadership conflicts, which were arising. Like denounce... a, it's like a, a, a franchised Starbucks as opposed to going to a corporate one. Just yeah, some, it's a little off. Something's yeah, Starbinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Star. Buck Star. <laughs> We only uh, sold apple juice. <laughs> yeah. So within churches like the AOG and like a lot of these Pentecostal denominations, people were coming in and they're like, I'm a prophet. <laughs> you must listen to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so the AOG basically outlawed it um, and sent it <laughs> underground. Uh, but it's made his way back. Uh, and we'll go into that on another day. Um, but yeah, so it's very, very, uh, so when I say underground, um, Branham and a couple other people were still pushing this throughout the late forties, but you know, by the fifties, uh, it was pretty much, it's not, it wasn't completely snuffed out, but it was still around, but for the most part within mainstream Pentecostalism, which in itself is not mainstream, it's, right. uh, it was pretty much outlawed. So, um, that, that, that uh, probably just like enforce them wanting to do it more like they're persecuting us yeah they don't absolutely absolutely you get you get people in the un, quote unquote underground um and they're believing this with their full heart and it keeps traveling on until it i don't want well, to use the term manifest but it did in uh yeah. something we'll go over called the toronto blessing which happened in um 80s i believe so is that more um, but started it sounds what 
is that more menacing than it sounds uh, uh it will become menacing but like at the time it wasn't like 57 seen and... bodies yeah do you remember the um do you remember the was what was that bible college took chicago right <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that bible college in the in the south like last year that had like the the revival and like yeah. it was that went on yeah for like a week. so yeah so no it went on for longer than that but they they claimed that was the next toronto blessing so oh. um yeah so um but after uh Branham's canadian trip he started to travel across the united states with a man named ff F. bosworth um, now I knew this name from the Christian Missionary Alliance because he was uh, he was like a big wig for them. Uh, Bosworth had a long history in the Pentecostal world, uh, almost from the beginning, and he ran churches for both the Assemblies of God and the Christian Missionary Alliance, and he was known as a faith healer. Mm. But even before that, Bosworth was the musical director of Zion City under John Alexander Dowie. Sounds like they would be that with that name. Yeah, Ballsworth. FF Ballsworth. FF Ballsworth. <laughs> I'm the musical director. <laughs> <laughs> it's wacky. <laughs> when when Dowie had his stroke, and Charles Parham came in to take the town over. Oh God. Bos- <laughs> Whenever he Bosworth- fucking shows up, I just roll my eyes. <laughs> uh, Bosworth, who was already into faith healing with Dowie. Uh, uh, saw the power of the new Pentecostal movement. <laughs> Bosworth joined with John G. Lake from South Africa to push Parham out, but eventually Zion City fell apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he met Branham during the 1930s, Bosworth immersed himself in the ideas of British Israelism. I think I might want to be a racist. <laughs> <laughs> so again, more amazing people that have been the heads of our giant church organizations yeah um bosworth uh would also work on the voice of healing as well um if anybody remembers one of our first episodes and i think one of donovan's maybe favorites and we probably did it wrong but i don't really care i had a good time with you but we watched the movie marjo <laughs> yeah um, buddy <laughs> which is about a child preacher from around around this time actually i was thinking um, about him when i was watching this guy's stuff yeah, yeah. Marjo would have only started his preaching by the point Branham toured this uh, around this time, but Mar- or, but Branham toured with a nine-year-old child named Little Davy Walker, who came out of these Canadian revival tours as a faith healer. Come on out, everybody. <laughs> Give me a lollipop and I'll make your glaucoma go away. <laughs> I don't know how you take this shit seriously. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're a kid, it's kind of like, well, that's really cool. But like, if you're, if you're like a 45 year adult and you're like, oh, little boy, like what the fuck is going he's got, on? He's got chocolate and hair all over his fingers. <laughs> he can barely wipe his own ass. That's oh. not chocolate. <laughs> you want to try it? You want to try it? Maybe. <laughs> One of the promotional things for Little Davy was a picture that showed his spiritual gifts of levitation. It's just his dad behind him holding him up, covered in a black blanket. There's a mess behind him. It's just a ghost. There is a picture of him two feet off the ground during one service. Now, my best guess is this was him jumping and somebody just being able to take a picture that quickly. 
and right him using him. it. He's a fucking and, kid. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody was like, he's like, I don't know what to do. And then someone just fucking chucked him. <laughs> that story really goes nowhere. I just thought it was really funny and kind of tied back into Marjo and like and just shows the ridiculousness. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, right oh around God. 1949, we get Roy Davis back in the story. Hell and yeah. if you guys remember, the congressman William Upshaw got involved with Branham in his Voice of Healing magazine. Davis wrote a letter to the magazine, which just gushed over Branham, his healing powers, and how Davis was instrumental in his beginnings. This led to a famous healing of Upshaw in 1951. Upshaw, who had been in a wheelchair for 66 years, was taken by Davis to a Branham service. Branham healed Upshaw, and he started to walk. Branham also claimed to have never met Upshaw prior to this healing, which is an absolute lie. <laughs> Quote. How did Mr. Upshaw? I have never seen him in my life. I know nothing of him. How'd I know he was a congressman and who he was? <gasps> but the Holy Spirit revealed it here at the platform. See, he revealed it. His makes his secrets known. Now, that's nothing to do with me. See, I, I just happened to be that was born for, I was just born for that purpose. You see, I don't, I don't, he's not in my Rolodex. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he didn't stay at my house last night. Never made this man. The, the only up. thing. Get the fuck up. Come on, stop embarrassing me. Get the fuck up. <laughs> the only thing is that Branham had known Upshaw for years and that Upshaw was not crippled. Now, this was part of Upshaw's stage persona. He had, he had walked dick. around the <laughs> floors of Congress for years on crutches, but many of his colleagues had seen him run across <laughs> the floor of Congress where his crutches wouldn't even touch the floor. <laughs> Just straight up running? <laughs> oh, yeah. No one's looking? No one's looking? <laughs> also, a few years before Upshaw... I fucking claimed... saw that, Upshaw! <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, most of the congressmen just thought it was funny. Like they didn't take him seriously. Like they were just like, "This guy's a fucking buffoon." Uh, look at but uh, look at him. He's he's sitting on his knees in a rolling chair and just pushing himself across the floor <laughs> and saying, "I have no legs." <laughs> I have no legs. <laughs> also, a few years uh, before Upshaw claimed to have been healed by another faith healer in the Voice of Healing magazine. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, you see, I just have to re up them. <laughs> it didn't matter though Branham used it as proof of his power and his advertisements Branham used this story for years afterwards and yeah. in uh, 1950 Branham wrote an autobiography called A Man Sent from God which I read which was terrible mm -hmm. um, shortly after even more uh, than m moving things with his mind like he tried in Canada Branham was now mixing spiritualism and mysticism with his messages he was now claiming that the Lord could levitate him. Quote. And Brother Bosworth said, Brother Branham is in this building. Said, I won't say where, but if he wants to come down here and speak to the people before they're dismissed, all right. And just then, something just picked me up like that. And when he picked me up, I knew I was good to go forward. 
and I come down out of that balcony. I floated down like a pretty little butterfly. <laughs> and then I walked up to the platform because I ran out of Jesus juice, no more levitation for Papa. Just as I walked up to that platform. <laughs> what the Amazing. fuck? Just I love this guy. Arms out to his side and just fucking comes down. Creed's playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, as, as he's talking about him, he's just the song's going, and then right as he lifts off, hold it now. <laughs> I'm Can six. you take me oh, higher? Yeah, is better. <laughs> That's a much better Creed song. <laughs> He also claimed that he could induce trance-like states when the Lord would speak to him by... Oh, my God. <laughs> what? By reciting mathematical tables over and over again. Like, math fucks with my brain. I'm going to be straight. <laughs> but Quote. Man, when I strike something that seems to burn down, comes something like this. What what does that mean? Like, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Do a little something like this. Yeah, right. <laughs> when I strike something that seems to always oh, mean like I fuck shit up. <laughs> when I hit something, <laughs> it burns to the ground. <laughs> when his presence gets near, I begin to hear something like way off in the distance, like hell off there. Something on this order. Two times two equal four. Closer. Two times two equal four. Two times two equal four. Two times two equal four. Oh, two times two equals four. Two times four equals four. Two, on and on like that. It's his presence coming in. Yelled yourself. And after a while, you break away from yourself. There comes the vision. It's Jesus. He's naked. <laughs> and he's got an abacus. And he's sliding the number back and forth in a seductive-like way. <laughs> he's like... Two times two equals four. And then he says, <laughs> one plus one equals two, and six plus nine equals a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Me, you, the Holy Spirit, and the Father equals four. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Starting in 1953, Branham claimed that in 1933, he made a number of prophecies that ha that would happen along with the annihilation of the United States, claiming doomsday would be in 1977. But he would claim that the world would end in 1954, 1956, 1962, 1975, 1977, 1983, 1999 and then the year 2000 he did said he, did that he these... die before he had to make more or did or did he just oh he he died way before uh way before oh yeah wait he was born what, what yeah, happened that makes sense my yeah, bad. yeah i just realized yeah my bad he's still alive still kicking <laughs> i am the I'm 295 <laughs> <laughs> Faith healing is real. <laughs> I just keep healing. I just poop my. I poke myself in the heart every morning. Boop. Boop. <laughs> See, then I would believe it. Uh, uh, right. He said that these seven prophecies, some had come to pass, but some were still coming. He claimed that he you wrote them on guess a paper. Which ones? <laughs> <laughs> he claimed he wrote them on a paper and placed them inside the cornerstone of his tabernacle in 1933. 
problem is that he didn't have a tabernacle until 1936. But regardless, he told his followers to dig it up if they did not believe him. <laughs> one one of the prophecies would be that all cars would be egg-shaped based off of what he saw at the World's Fair, but he left that part out. He just prophesied that it would happen. But none of his followers had gone to the World's Fair because they're in, you know, rural wherever. And he's just like, I see that this is going to happen. I'm a man so, of the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been to so, Tomorrowland uh, at Epcot. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna revisit that whole cornerstone prophecy and and see if that stuff's still in there yeah, later on capsule. in the series. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna check that out. Um, the hell's and, man's g string? <laughs> That's what we call in the industry a cliffhanger. Oh, <laughs> everybody's waiting to see what's in that what's in that little cornerstone right. of that building. Right. A sexy piece of foreshadowing. <laughs> it's just a dick in a box um no. yeah well i'd be the least surprising thing honestly <laughs> in june 1954 we talked about him last episode demo shikarian brought william branham to washington dc to headline a five-day convention along with other faith healers jack coe and oral roberts demos and we'll probably dive into him more in the Oral Roberts series, formed something called the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association International. Ugh. That's a lot. I mentioned this organization in our He Gets a series because they got money from the Servant Foundation. This convention was for the FGBMFI huh, and would seem to be a precursor to the President's Prayer Breakfast. Mm. You guys know what guys will know what that is. It happens every year. Um this just sounds. Starting... This sounds like a. It's one of those things like your dad would be proud to be part of at church, and you would say the full name. Oh yeah. Intentionally every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I'm cool. I'm like, you sound so fucking lame. <laughs> oh god, uh, I lost my spot here. Hold on one second. Um, we can laugh at that now, Chaz. Yeah, These we can. We can laugh at now. So <laughs> fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, starting, uh, around the 1950s, Branham began to fall out with the mainstream Pentecostal movement. As we talked about before, his ministry morphed from more faith healing to prophetic. Uh, he also started to grow in hate of denominations. He preached sermons against speaking in tongues being a sign of salvation, which was weird. weird. Uh, he, uh, he preached sermons against churches joining forces, uh, uh, because in the end, they would all link up with the Catholic Church. Mm. Branham, like Jack Chick, was very much wrapped into Catholic anxieties. Right. This also started an eventual split with his own magazine, Healing uh, and Healing Network, and Gordon Lindsay. We'll get into that next episode. Um, uh, part, uh, I, sorry, snarf. Um, mm. Part of that reason was that starting around the mid-1950s, Branham, already busting at the seams with devote followers, started low-key referring to himself as not just a prophet, but Jesus Christ manifested in the present day. Oh, no. Quote. Oh, no. It's coming all unraveled. <laughs> Even more so. Well, he's levitating already and moving stuff with his mind. He's Jesus. Jesus didn't do that shit. 
Oh my God, he's cooler than Jesus. He's John Lennon. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, no, Jesus did teleport. I think once in the Bible. Jesus teleported in the Bible. I think so. I, I think he appeared one place and then appeared somewhere else like moments later. Man, see, I, I never could read be that wrong. Story. If I would have read that as a kid, email us at yeah, yeah. Email us at xcompod at gmail.com if you know that. Um, I'm too lazy to look it up in my own Bible, but go ahead. Well, yeah, let us know about that so we can all know about the part where Jesus was like Nightcrawler from X-Men. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Uh, a big cloud of sand. Yeah, it smells like eggs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now Jesus came in three names. Son of man, which is a prophet. Son of God, which went through the church age. Then son of David. But in between the Son of God and Son of David, according to his own one word, and according to Malachi 4 and many scriptures, be careful of him in Children of the Corn. He's a scary little boy. <laughs> He's to return back into his church in physical form and the people in, a, in human beings in the way of being a prophet. Do you get what I'm saying? You're picking up what I'm putting down? I'm talking about <laughs> me, baby. I'm tapping the side of my nose while saying this, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I'm not going up a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> this next part is going to divert from the main story of Branham, which we will do uh, a few times in this next couple episodes uh, to show a devastating impact. And this is a trigger warning for everyone. Um, if you don't want to hear this stuff, I would I would skip ahead a couple minutes. Um, this is going to get rough. Uh, Branham went to Germany on a faith healing tour in 1955. Uh, there he found some very eager men to not just help him, but carry on his own message. One of these men was named Paul Schaefer, not from David Letterman. Oh God damn it. That's not all that I'm guy. I see now though. <laughs> oh no. His stupid laugh. Uh, <laughs> oh man. This is not going to be good for you then. Uh, little glasses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Paul Schaefer was a former, uh, former, ugh, snarf. Ugh. Paul Schaefer was a former colonel in the Nazi army. Oh, after the, after the war, he was a leader at the evangelical, for, evangelical free church as a youth pastor. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I have a lot of experience with youth. <laughs> <laughs> Step one, two, one, two. Goose a little bit more. <laughs> right. <laughs> he fled the church when he was accused of molesting two boys. Great. He, he went independent and traveled around Germany and gained a small but loyal following. And then Branham came to town. Schaefer served as his bodyguard. Schaefer became smitten by Branham and his teachings, and he wanted to take Branham's belief and put them into his own groups. This started with setting up a small commune. Oh, man. He had an orphanage and a charitable organization. Why do fucking orphanages keep coming up? In 1959, I know why, um, yeah. a mother yeah. came forward and yeah. said that Schaefer had raped two of her boys. Schaefer fled the country and eventually ended up where all Nazis end up, in South America. Schaefer Do you think made his a place way in South America just called Little Germany, where they just all like they just <laughs> probably go, <laughs> they just yeah, all go probably. We don't really call it that uh, because you know, yeah, it's not the boys from not... Brazil. 
we tried to call it Little Germany, but didn't find that well. <laughs> uh, Schaefer made his way to Chile, where he purchased 4,400 acres of land for his new commune. Colonia, uh, I wish Chrissy was here. Uh, uh, Colonia Dignada. It's just di Dignidad. Dignidad, sorry, snarf. Uh, That's what I'm Colonia saying. Colonia Dignidad. Yeah, like no, Colonia Dignidad is what we'll call it. Schaefer ruled this commune, thanks to Branham, with a goddamn iron fist. Mm. It consisted of his followers from Germany, and they started adopting poor and orphaned children from Chile. Sex was strictly controlled. Men lived with men, women with women. Women had to wear ugly and loose-fitting clothing, and all the rule were, all, and then he had all the rules from the Branham cult. We talked about the they, last episode. Yeah, uh, they worked and ate separately. If relationships did pop up, Schaefer would control the outcome, and if it continued, wow, Schaefer would beat uh, children for obedience, except for a small number of young boys he called his runners. They would wear loose-fitting clothes, and some would sleep uh, on kids' beds in Schaefer's room. He would rape and molest them at will, often using sedatives. As an example of his cruelty, on Christmas, he told all the kids that Santa was coming down on a boat down the river, and they should all come down to get their presents. If you remember from the last episode, Santa is outlawed in the Branham cult. When oh, Santa was coming down the river on the boat, the kids started going crazy. Santa came out and to wave at the children, and then Schaefer pulled out a gun and shot Santa, and Santa went overboard, mm. terrifying all the children. Mm. It was a stunt, but the children believed it, and from then on, Schaefer claimed that only his birthday could be celebrated. Can you imagine so. if that didn't that didn't stunt your belief in Santa? <clears throat> You, you believed he was real, but now he's just dead. So then you end up having kids as an adult, and you're like, no, Santa's, Santa's real, dead. but I saw his death. <laughs> it seems like a, almost like a Arrested Development skit. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> and that's why you always leave a note. <laughs> that's oh, Couldn't you just talk some, to us? Some this is way about. more traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Schaefer was very big on torture as well. He would have his violent and brutal police force interrogate and torture locals, but mostly just people he thought were rebels inside his own commune. Oh, man. The torture was fucking brutal, and the best thing I can compare it to is the movie Hostel. When uh. Augusto Pinochet came to power in 1973, Schaefer and his commune became a torture site for the dictator as Schaefer lived without any interference. What the fuck? Schaefer was so good and effective at his torture, mostly because of all the practice, he trained Chilean soldiers how to do it properly, quote-unquote properly, I guess. When Pinochet stepped down in 1990, the incoming administration wasn't as friendly with Schaefer. In 1996, some very brave children came forward with their claims of sexual abuse at the hands of Schaefer. Today, Winfried Hempel works as a lawyer in Santiago. He's suing both the German and Chilean governments on behalf of the 90 remaining victims of Colonia Dignidad, like Harold Lindemann. Paul Schaefer's bedroom was behind this door. 
Every night another boy was scheduled to work here. In other words, spend the night with him. It's not something you want to think about. Powell Schaefer's abuse touched almost all the men in the colony. Most were young and cut off from their families. Easy prey for the experienced abuser. The lingering trauma inflicted by Schaefer still causes problems for many of Himpel's clients, including for Helmut Bono and his wife. They're hoping the lawsuit that Hempel has prepared will help them start a new life. I didn't know my father, mother or my siblings. That's why we want to change our fate. We want to show that we can be a real family, despite what happened. Helmut blames both Germany and Chile for what he suffered. Many of Colonia Dignidad's residents were dual citizens. We had two passports, and that means two court systems as well, the German and the Chilean, and both of them failed us. Schaefer vanished on May 20, 1997. He wouldn't be seen for another eight years when he was arrested in a gated community in Argentina. He was sentenced for 20 years in jail for his child abuses and died in 2010. 20 years, huh? Yep, yep. While the police, after months of trying to win over the commune, finally were shown some of the hidden things. Graves that had been emptied out, a huge arsenal of weapons, the torture chambers, and vehicle parts that match vehicles of missing political rivals to Pinochet. This whole story is stomach-churning because Schaefer was essentially free to run a child sex torture commune where he had complete control and these power and the powers that be looked away. This was established, set up and run through Branham's teaching, especially in the manifest Sons of God. The villa's residents call themselves Colonos, and there are still around 70 who call the compound home. A hotel and restaurant are located on the same ground where Schaefer once abused his followers. The cult leader's house is still standing. Now it's used as a music school and prayer room. But the residents tore down the bathroom, where Schaefer abused dozens of young boys. So, wow. That is a short story on Colonia Dignidad. If, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I'm terrible with names. Yeah, yeah uh, really fucked up shit. Um, it's always... Uh, but not the only one. It's always so very, strap in uh, surprising and upsetting, but not surprising. Yeah. When these yeah. teachings are used to make this shit happen. I mean, you have people that already yeah. believe in you and then you basically say, you know, you start off, I'm a prophet. Well, God's going to send his son of God in a prophet form. So look who's here. Yeah. So. I remember thinking that when I was a kid, like what's stopping other people from just saying that they're Jesus or what's. That's one of the things that I've always concerned, like not always, but like, you know, the past like 10, 15 years, it's concerned me and like coming up with that movie, the, the, what is it? The book of Clarence Yeah, that we've talked about where I'm just like, you know, you could have just been taken by a charlatan, you know, and this is all the same stuff you know in in a way you know 
Um, yeah. Jesus was was much more liberal, and I think he was coming out of a place of like being oppressed and under the foot of the Roman government. But you know, people are taking it a different way now. So, but it's yeah. you're right. It's it's that's the one thing that's bothered me. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. It it kind of scares me sometimes. Where I'm just like, if a crazy enough person says it, and then people just start fucking believing it, it's not. It's not unbelievable you, to people like us who have experienced stuff like this that we yeah. could, we could see that happening. You know what I mean? What would it surprise you at all if Donald Trump tomorrow went I on stage and said that he's Jesus? No. Now I know he won't because he would he would completely lose a huge part well, of the of the but, evangelical Christian community. Yeah. Up to a point, but we already have people drawing pictures of donald trump standing next to jesus and it's only a small step well that's what i was gonna say as soon as you said that i i've seen videos of people saying that they believe basically like li- not oh yeah basically they literally believe that oh yeah absolutely there's already people that do and you had that one guy praying to donald trump in his car oh, and he was that getting one... pulled over yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you see the cop in the background cracking up laughing um Jesus, but donald trump please yeah. save me yeah please save me um, but returning back to our story with Branham, Branham back in the States got really into science fiction and started to promote the ideas that flying saucers or UFOs were either coming to take us up in the rapture or they were angels investigating oh, our behaviors or the aliens were coming to torment believers. Oh, man, he would have blown. I, we would have blown his mind if he listened to our episode on aliens, bro, and found <laughs> out they were demons. Oh my Coming god, I would love to have him on that episode. Which is batteries, bro. <laughs> His uh, eventual former sidekick Gordon Lindsay even started putting stories out about UFOs and wrote a number of books on the subject like Origins of Demons and Their Species, UFOs, Aliens, uh Songs of Heaven and Divine Intervention. Oh man, if I would have gra- found these books when I was a fucking kid, I would have been so stoked and be like, "No, dad, they're biblical, okay?" <laughs> and his son Dennis Dennis Lindsay wrote the book Giants Fallen Angels and the Return of the Nephilim Ancient Secrets to Prepare for the Coming Days I had a guy on on that uh, Christians Who Curse Sometimes page uh, reference me this guy as I should read him because he's spitting the truth (laughs) 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 like legit like like not joking around Dennis Lindsay, um, yeah, Dennis Lindsay. So he told me fun. to read that book, and I'm just like, that's why I kind of included it because it made me laugh. I was like, that's his son. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, this is what Brandon had to say about UFOs. Quote: You see these little pockets going through the air. They call saucers, so forth, like like the ones a little kid cats drink the milks out of. <laughs> People, so that that we will. Better leave that alone, actually. We don't need to talk about that. Shh, it's a secret. Hear all these people coming up missing? You say, don't hear from them. They're standing there, and then they're not there. That's the way the rapture is going to be. You're going to be naked floating in the sky. The clothes going to be folded right there. One of them will drop right down, and this terrestrial body will take, all, will take on a celestial body, and there'll be hot hair of bones are left. It'll be... It'll be transformed in a moment of time, dropping right out of space and taking home. We see 
You see all this going on now, and the and the Pentagon wondering about these lights and mystic lights and everything they're seeing in the in the sky. You see, they had one here in the paper at Jeffersonville this week, and so forth, a mystic light. So, uh, they don't uh, they don't know what that is. But listen, little children, it's gonna pick you up one of these days. See, see, don't worry, little green man, you gonna stick something on your booty. <laughs> So, so I didn't mention this, but it just hit me that uh, that uh, Branham gives another version of what's going to happen during the rapture, and our skin, hair, and bones are going to fall from the sky and oh. just like <laughs> yes. he says it right here, and there'll be hide, hair, and bones left. Ew, because we transformed our celestial bodies, so we need to fucking worry about our clothes. Yeah, our, our, it's just going to be like. Like a skin suit just laying there. It's going to slide right off you like made off the bow. <laughs> Ed Gein's favorite day of the year. Uh, <laughs> Come sit on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sliding off plastic. That's just the skin. <laughs> Between 1950 and 1953, Branham's hold on Voice of Healing started to fall apart, and by June 1953, he would be removed from his list of editors. This started when the truth about Branham's real life and stage persona started to leak when Roy Davis sent a letter to Gordon Lindsay telling Lindsay that he was the one who ordained and baptized Branham, which went against everything that Lindsay had signed onto which was a issue but bigger yet as pieces started to fall into place Lindsay was also concerned with Branham's close association with the clan and white supremacy that's a, yeah yeah that's a that's a big one yeah uh the faith healing circus as well a circus uh the faith healing circuit <laughs> as well as Pentecost the Pentecostal world is generally filled with black churches and interracial congregations so this is a bigger deal than than uh, some people might think. Um, and coming, we're coming to a close here today. Uh, also, some of Branham's more controversial beliefs in and out of the Latter Rain movement, which by then was already outlawed by the Pentecostal world, uh, was causing huge risks between Branham and his internal staff of Voice of Healing. At the Voice of Healing convention in 1953, although advertised as a speaker, Branham was told to answer for his heresy or be barred from the event, uh-huh. and he did not show. Oh, mm, rain check. Ladder rain. In... Ladder rain <laughs> check. Ladder rain check. <laughs> <laughs> in 1954, he was advertised as a speaker at the at the Philadelphia convention, but again, did not show, and the same in 1955. Oh, shit. Branham still had a following, though. He was still touring, finding sympathetic people and churches to his stage persona. Branham was now touring with a man named Joseph Matson Bose, who was a leader of the Independent Assemblies of God Church and was converted to the latter reign. Bose had, uh, had his own healing magazine called Herald of Faith, and he started an editorial battle uh, defending Branham between his magazine and Voice of Healing. So basically a Facebook argument between these two people, between Gordon Lindsay and... and uh, uh, Joseph Matson Bose. All this, so all this guy does is just probably print out like eight pages at a Kinko's and staple them together and fold it in half. <laughs> it's just my magazine. <laughs> uh, 
I would like to think so, but like it's it's a little bit more in depth than that. Like they, right. he's got some five of them, like, people on his mailing list. Sides, and, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and this is where we're gonna he's leave got a it today. Team. On, <laughs> <laughs> on May second, nineteen fifty-five, Bose wrote two separate letters, which I will post on our socials. One to William Bradham and one to a new and upcoming minister out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Over the next two years, they would share the stage more than 50 times. The letter from Bose to Branham read, quote, Dear Brother Branham, greetings. I herewith introduce you to Reverend James Jones of Indianapolis, Indiana. Brother Jones is a servant of God and a bosom friend of mine. He has an excellent work, a young work in Indianapolis, and I consider him and the church he pastors to have a great future in Indianapolis. And that's where we'll leave it today. Jim Jones enters the story. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize that when I said James Jones. Of Indianapolis in the People's Temple. I'm not gonna lie, I just got I I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, because whenever you talk about cults, what's the first one everyone thinks of? Jonestown. Jones. Yep. And, and we're gonna find out how William Branham helped Jim Jones form his cult. Please tell um, me we get a reaction from Branham after the whole massacre happens. He was already dead. God damn it! Oh no, that would have been epic to see that. And uh, honestly, and and if anybody is looking forward to it, we're not going to go into the cult. Not like I did with mm. with Colin and Dignidad. Um, you can everybody knows about it. I don't need to go into yeah. it. If you don't, you can just watch a documentary. Um, but we're we're going to go into a little bit more of his That's more fun. formative days and. Some of the teachings, along with you know what we went over, the manifest sons of God and Latter Day and all this other stuff that Jim Jones incorporated into his into his own cult, yeah. uh, which he used. And this was before he met, um, before he joined the Disciples of Christ, and before he met, um, I can't remember the the big person that he met next. I, I want to say Brother Love, but that's from that's from WWE where this. Or WWF. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember. In the eighties, uh, there was this wrestling gimmick, uh, and his name was Brother Love, and he dressed up like a uh, a tele uh, televangelist, and no. he was all red, and he what? wore a suit and tie, and he talked like how you were talking, and oh, like he was absolutely perfect. And it, that's but that's who I think of. I can't remember who he joined up with, but yeah, after after Branham, but um. Yeah, so this is where it's gonna start. So I can't believe this. everybody strap in. It just well, it also oh. yeah, man. Well, the other cult too. That's yeah, Colin addicted that. Um, he met uh, that guy in nineteen fifty five. Um, so how much uh, did he like write writer... personally, like actually like face to face? He stuff? was with him the whole tour. Uh, the guy Paul Schaefer. Yeah, he was with him the whole tour in Germany when when uh he came over so if wow. he was probably there a couple of weeks if i if i remember right um and uh so he was and before that he he knew who he was before that um See, so these, these people just was, get written off as like goofy old pastors 
Like, yeah, no one really thinks about the connections and shit like this. That's so fucking crazy. I didn't, I did not know. Last week it was the Kardashians. This week it's Jim Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking crazy, bro. The fucking amount of shit that's been popping up in our fucking for you page on TikTok and shit. From, from that episode just talking about the Kardashians and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the algorithm is just chill, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I hope everybody will stick around for next week. Uh and uh there's more cults that we're gonna go into besides Jonestown after that. So trigger warning just in case. Um I don't want anybody to get too upset about this stuff. Uh so but uh yeah i the reason one of the reasons i picked this guy is just his amount of influence yeah um that that he has today um that i didn't like i don't think a lot of people know about um and john collins the the cult survivor that wrote those books and the website uh he fully understands all this and like i give him you know, so much uh, respect for writing those books and putting together the research and linking things. Him and a bunch of other researchers. It's just not him because he won't take all the credit. But um, and he runs a website called Path to Jonestown, also, uh, which deals with this and how it got set up. And that was another source that I used. He was a survivor um, of Jonestown. So, no, he was a survivor of the of the Brandon cult. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, still fucked. So, but, I just was confused for a yeah. second. Yeah, yeah, and he talks about the first time he he learned this, and how Love his mind was blown. Yeah, and like, I can't imagine growing up in a in a if you grew up in a church and the founder of the church was responsible for killing like nine hundred people, like you're just you like, don't uh, understand. He tried to sell me a little monkey. <laughs> <laughs> he said I could move this bracelet across the room. He said, "You want this little monkey? It's not that yeah, expensive." So- <laughs> It's surprisingly cheap. It's only killed one person. (laughs) So, yeah, this episode, we got levitating. We got uh, putting yourself into trances. We got um, uh, teleportation. And then we get Jim Jones, and then we get a deadly uh, uh, cult in South America. So uh, that's a lot. If you don't know the story of Jim Jones, he sold monkeys before he was a cult leader. Just yes. go look it up. It wasn't yeah. just being yeah. random. I'm not getting into that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is ministry from when he first started preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I got to go back and listen to the last podcast series on Jonestown and see if they go it's... into. I know I don't. I know I really don't want to. Um, but it's really uh, good. It's really really good. But they play a lot of the 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 tape the death tape yeah they play yeah, a lot i've listened father right. divine was the person he caught up with in 1956 so it was right after branham um mm-hmm. we'll go into that but uh um yeah i want to go back and see if they mention william branham and they go into him at all because if not you're missing you're missing a f- fucking humongous chunk of how he got this influence and where he learned it from where he learned a lot um, of his stuff. Yeah. As so, far as yeah. rules and stuff like that. Because you also... I mean, you look at the other cult, the Dignidad one, the rules with the sex and stuff and separating mm-hmm. and all that is very similar also to the way Jim Jones did shit. Yeah, there's so there's a lot like, of things that 
yeah there's a lot of things that he learned and some things that he was like i don't want to do that mm -hmm. as like not to do so and like one of the things is race relations um of course we know that like jim jones was very like a lot of the people that died at jonestown were black um so he was he was very very big into yeah, well, helping we don't the black to, community in Indianapolis. So we don't um, want to. People think we start having that stance like Jim Jones was a good guy. He helped black people. <laughs> like, you know, it's not what we're saying. <laughs> At one point in time, he was okay. Uh, I guess he was. Yeah, he sold monkeys. He helped good. out poor yeah. people. He yeah. helped black yeah. people. He was yeah. great. Then it went off the rails. <laughs> then he was like, he was like, "This flavorade could use something." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Donovan. I always ask at the end of the episode, how do you feel? Uh there's sometimes when we do these episodes where it's just uh it's you can just see how like easily the most fucked up shit is believed because there's just so much shit that I believed and I know you believed that when we yeah. were kids where it was obviously not real shit, but we we've believed it with our everything. And yeah. it also is very upsetting to see how quickly things could become a cult because there were so many cult-like things in my life and I, I saw yeah. in the church and still remain to see. And like we were just saying about being worried about one day just a crazy person be like, hey, I'm Jesus. And the fear of that is because of shit like this. You know, it's very easy. All it takes is a couple people to believe him. Yeah, exactly. And there's already a lot of... It's just there's so many things that are already like set up. Just like that, this just shows it. It's just ripe for the picking. You just need the right person to walk in those doors and be like, "I'm I I I want to run this shit now," and they'll do yeah. it very yeah. easily. And, they'll... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And who's to say that like two thousand years from now, Brandon isn't seen as Jesus Christ? You know, if if all the cards went right, you yeah. know, and 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 it's like we don't see things in long-term you know yeah. millennial things but because jesus probably didn't think he was jesus was you know this jesus <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that's, I, a, I, that's a crazy thing to think about I'm like you can you're really gonna kill me i'm not i don't know if i'm jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i like I, it's 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 amazing and like just how easy it is to control people that want a savior um it, yeah there's a there's a lot of facets to that like you're saying it shows the vulnerability of people but it also shows the dangers that are already set up in the church for people to just take advantage of there's so a lot yeah. of fucking open doors that people could just walk through metaphorically and literally yeah, and uh, we'll go into Oral Roberts, but the Depression uh, opened up a door for him to step through with prosperity gospel. And yeah. it, it, you know, same thing with Donald Trump, uh, Barack Obama, you know, as much as I hate it and thinking about that, but like, you know, Barack Obama really opened that door for Donald Trump to kick it, kick, kick it in. Um, you know, one, just because of racism and stupidity, and two, because of his lack of doing what he needed to do in office but you know and left a lot of people jaded but you know uh there could be a time within the next two years or year where donald trump could come on stage somewhere and you know not maybe not outright say it but could you know like he, he didn't would... tell people to storm the capitol you know where he implies it you know yeah yeah and, right 
I I would I I, I can see him stumbling into it. Like as he like, rambles, too. like you know. Hey, some, that's what people say. I don't want to say. Yeah, it, right. Exactly. Say, hey, some I can't people, stop from believing it. Some people, some a lot of people don't think that Jesus would be a white guy. Maybe Jesus would be white. I could be Jesus. I'm a white guy. Maybe I'm Jesus. You know, <laughs> just like wait a minute. <laughs> some people stop. are saying it. I don't believe it, but you know, some people are saying it. It could be true. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. who my. Yeah. I did. Yep. I didn't spend a lot of time with my dad. Could be God. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Do you, Do you recognize his? His rambling as the same way as somebody like William Branham rambles. Like you listen to him, and <laughs> just like the incoherent, like not being able to stay on topic, it really mesmerizes some people. And I don't get it, but it re like Alex Jones is the same way, you know. And I know we bring him up, up a lot, but like Alex the, Jones the, is entertaining, the, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but so is Trump. Yeah, Trump is fucking hilarious sometimes. And I'll admit that, but like he's also a fucking Nazi. So is so is Alex Jones. But like, it's like that. I don't know what it is that rambling magnetism like just attracts people. And it's we, it's, it's the things that they're saying a hundred percent. It's just because yeah. they're saying the crazy shit that a lot of people don't want to like are scared to say. So there's like, oh that yeah 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 absolutely yeah. doesn't matter how crazy but, they look doesn't matter if he's got a shirt off and he's screaming and spitting water. Yeah, <laughs> I, and, I agree. And, you're only you're ignoring the 90 percent of what they say and just pulling out the 10 percent that's that speech <laughs> well that's what I'm, that's what i mean they're doing the same thing in the bible where they yeah. ignore everything pull out the stuff that makes them feel good or makes them reinforce their worldview same thing with trump they don't care 90 percent. they don't care about cafe or anything or any of this <laughs> like incoherent bullshit that a, a president should not have um mm, they just care about, beans. yeah 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 <laughs> So, and it's the same way with, with, uh, we see here with William Branham, where he can say the breasts of a Robin, like the color of a Robin, but you, <laughs> you're ignoring that whole part in, in, and focusing on, you know, whatever, feeling better, getting better or, um, yeah. you know, feeling better around this person. Like he makes me feel good. So he makes, he's Jesus, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, but well, yeah, that's enough rambling for me. So, well, the a good indicator uh, there was a lot of times when i was doing his quotes it sounded like i was getting stuck or stumbling it, those were literally like pauses and him jumping to new shit just mm -hmm. just to point out how how broken up this guy is like there's nothing wrong with not being able to get your thoughts together i have adhd i have an issue with yeah it. i fucking we go off on tangents on here all the time but we're not trying to start a religion <laughs> we're not trying but to con convince you that we're gonna heal you if anything it's really weird, though, that like these rambling, bambling people end up in positions of power mm -hmm. because like you also have George Bush and like his incoherent bullshit, you know, That's and, true. you know, and then you have Ronald Reagan where his, <laughs> you know, he, he was jelly beans, you know, and, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's really crazy. And I don't I don't get it. I don't think somebody like Ron DeSantis is too unhinged, is not unhinged enough in his talking to be able to land you mean homelander big big <laughs> on the national scale yeah so but uh that's a fucking yeah christ that guy yeah fucking it, high heels. yeah <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorite videos of him walking uncomfortably in his wedges oh and my people god just i love like, it look at that look at that <laughs> he's walking like a fucking centaur <laughs> uh, i'm surprised he doesn't have crutches and he's just gliding across the floor with them like upshaw <laughs> Don't look at me, don't look at me. <laughs>
All right. We'll leave it there. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully, Chrissy will be with us next time. Um, mm -hmm. If not, Donovan and I got it on lock. Yeah. Um, not really, but... Uh, <sighs> so, uh, all right. Uh, you can follow me at uh, ChazXCure, 1,700 seconds on Instagram. Uh, you can... Uh, or on TikTok at James Bastard... Uh, James Dobson's Bastard Son. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, The Holy Hour, where Gavin, Antonio, and I talk all things Cure-related. Um, and uh, please go to xcompod.com and find our Patreon, find all our links there and everything, and you join us. Join us on this journey. And uh, Donovan, do you have anything? Oh, thank you to the band Iron Sheik for letting us use their song, Those Heads Are Our Heads, for our intro and outro. Uh, check them out. They have a new single out. Uh, and uh, Donovan, do you have anything worse? Uh... No, I don't have any recommendations except for uh, I was uh, doing a lot of introspective like thought and shit and reading up on some stuff. And I realized and heard some stuff about how when you're in a depressive or manic state with your mental illnesses, you can self-harm in a way where you're not doing things that you enjoy. And you're a lot of the times mm -hmm. it's subconscious because you're just like, you don't realize you're not doing it because you think you don't deserve it and shit like that. And yep. it can really f make you worse. So if you're in the middle of one of those moments, push yourself to do something you enjoy because it might help you break out of it for one. And for two, just don't let your shit win. So just do yeah. that shit. So yeah. That's what I'll suggest because yeah. I've been in a bad – I was in a bad spot for a while, and I wasn't doing anything. No guitar, no reading, no hanging out with my kids as much as I, I like to and yeah. playing with them and shit. So – that that yeah, I feel like been that's there. A, a big thing. So people should do that more. Just push through it and do something you like. It really does help, even if it's just yeah. watching the fucking leaves outside. So very yeah. true. Uh, yeah, I learned about m more stuff about myself over the last month because I, you know, as we've talked about, I don't like my birthday and I'm not mm -hmm. a fan of Christmas, and a lot of that has to do with growing up in trauma and the relationship to that and, you know, the pressure and anxiety and everything. And, you know, this year I, I really took my therapist and our talks to heart and was just like, I'm going to let other people celebrate my birthday if they want to. And yeah. I'm going to try to embrace that for as much as I can. And, you know, it turned out to be one of the best birthdays I've, I've had. And then I was just like, fuck, I'm going to try this for Christmas. <laughs> yeah man that's awesome and it really was a great christmas and you know buying into wanting a better future is yeah is part of the whole process and like you said when i you know when i self-harm i don't you know i don't do the things like cut myself or anything yeah, like yeah, that yeah. i do other things where i isolate and yeah. i listen to the bad parts of myself and that tell me everything that's wrong with me and Yep. You know, uh, start to believe it. I, I eat terrible amounts of terrible food. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I know this is going to kill me earlier. So I'm just like, this is my slow cutting, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, it, you know, we get there and, yep. but like the important thing right now is, is coming back and, um, trying to embrace life in a different mindset and really trying to do that. And it's not perfect, but, it's working so far. <laughs> yeah. No. So, it's, yeah. It's awesome. And I'm happy for you that you came to that and shit. And 
I think I think I did the same thing this past Christmas, and it worked out really nicely. It was one of the best Christmases I had too, because it was just like I just let it be. You know what I mean? Yeah, And yeah. did my best to just stay grounded in the moment and shit. And it's really hard Yeah. though, especially with like like just the trauma responses to stuff. Yeah. It, it gets really Yeah. tough, but it's worth the fight for sure, hundred percent. It always Yeah. is. So everyone. It is. If you're going through some shit, just remember that it's always worth it in the end. Always. And Yeah. you're Absolutely. stronger than you what you got. You are in charge. You are. Even though it doesn't fucking feel like it, you're in charge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Of your own area. You Your know. own future, all Yeah. of that shit. Yep. Yep. So... Yeah. My wife had to, my wife had to keep, my wife had to tell me, she's like, stop thanking me. Cause like all the Christmas and birthday stuff like that Yeah. she got me, like, I was just like, Oh my God. Thank like, like in coming back, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And she's just like, stop. It's your birthday. And I'm just like, but I don't know how else to do this. I feel terrible that you bought this for me, <laughs> right you know? And like trying to get over that whole, yeah that, that I'm a burden, that you know, you deserve or this that, shit yeah yeah that i yeah and like she's like you deserve this and i'm like okay you know so it, yeah it, it, i next understand year i'm gonna try to believe that yeah 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 it's gonna take some time but as <laughs> long as you know you that's what you want and that it's true and you'll yeah get there because you will yeah it will 100 percent yeah you deserve those things people mm-hmm you deserve to be happy and you deserve uh a good future well you know it might not be great but you know make Make it your it own great. Make it Yeah. great. Make it your Look, own. look what Mark Wahlberg did with his future, man. <laughs> That's just like, that should not be happening. But it's happening. yeah, beat some Asians half to death and yelling Right? the N-word at everyone and attacking people of different races. And look at him. He's praying up Yeah, now you're almost... every morning Even then, with his... you can have your hate crimes expunged and then make your own clothing line and be half-naked on Instagram at 60 talking about drip like you're cool. Mm-hmm. Because we all, we all hope to be that one day. That's all what we want. All right. We'll leave it there. Peace be with you. And with your spirit. And everybody say... I like my looks. I like my personality.